Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. I want to welcome you to Prepare 2021. I want to welcome all of those that are joining us online. We have so many of you part of our church family and new people every week. This week we will gather in multiple venues. We have a tent set up here on our Keller campus. We have video venues. Uh, We also have the event center here in Keller, the Bowden. We have our McKinney campus, our Hazlitt campus gathering in a hotel. Uh, We just believe that our need to meet with God is more important than ever before, and we're so glad that everyone's going to be joining us in multiple different ways. Would you guys put your hands together and welcome all those that will be joining us uh, this week, and you're joining us right now. I think about some of the folks online. I think about April. April, uh, my wife prayed for her having multiple myeloma last year in prepare. God did some amazing things. She is back in the hospital, and I know that one of the services, maybe this one, April, you're watching. We want you to know that we're praying for you. My wife had the opportunity to go and pray for her. Her boyfriend, Jordan, they actually got married in the hospital uh, this week. That's just an amazing uh, thing that, that happened. We have, you know, families that I think about. The Gatewoods, I love them. They're great people. They've been watching online because of different issues. The Gregory's. Uh, they have a daughter who has some lung issues. We were very encouraged by their, their text that they sent to us. Last Christmas services was the last time they had the opportunity to worship with their father. And this Christmas, they still gathered as a family because of your generosity. We sent hundreds of boxes into our community where people had candles and they sent us this picture of them worshiping online and joining together. How many of you know you can't stop the kingdom of God, right? Jesus said that I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So we're always Uh, believing and praying this year that our church family will continue to regather. There's nothing like being together and being in the room, but still we are his church and we can continue to meet with him and advance his kingdom. And we're going to do that this week. If you're new with us, prepare is a powerful time. You're like, what is it simply? It is a moment and a time where we set aside for us to intentionally meet with God. And we recognize our need, our our need as frail, needy human beings who sometimes get deceived by thinking that we've got it under control and God reminds us, you need me. You need me. You can't do it by yourself. And so I I have great anticipation Because sometimes out of your challenge and out of things in our world being shaken a little bit, we are more hungry to meet with God. And so I know God's going to do amazing things over the next few days. I have great, great excitement about it. I'm excited to have a chance to kick it off. You're like, what do I do? How do you participate? Well, the first thing I'm going to ask you to do is fast. Some of you are like, what is that? Uh, It is abstaining from food at some level for the sole purpose of when you get hungry, 
and you will. When you, if you fast caffeine and those caffeine devils are trying to poke right out of your forehead, then in the middle of your day, you replace the hunger you have for natural food for the spiritual nourishment that you can receive by seeking your heavenly father. And there's a lot of different ways. Some of you are beginning, speaking of prepare, my house, there's vegetables and my wife is juicing and special juices. And I don't know, we're going to like, you know, try to do all kinds of stuff, you know, just, I don't know what you do. We have different services, you know, this service that I'm looking at, I'm, I'm looking at you and, and you're just more holy. I, I don't know the people tuned in online. So you're probably just going to do water or something, you know. I mean, you're just going to go for it. You're, gonna, you're just going to do the real deal. We have other services, you know, like Saturday night crowd people. They, they, they left religion behind. They don't even go to church on Sunday, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and so they might put a dollop. Y'all know what a dollop is? A dollop of ice cream up in. I mean, here's, a, here's a theological question. We're seeking it as a leadership team. If you put ice cream in your smoothie, is it still fasting? I don't know. I, we, these are things we need to ponder. If I see you in line at Smoothie King and you get the Hulk Mug Mega Gladiator meal replacement, if on the sign it says 1,375 calories, that's a malt, man. That's not smoothie. I mean, come on. Nonetheless, water, juice, however you do it, here's, here's the deal. We're bringing it unto the Lord. We're taking time to deny our physical self to reinforce our spiritual self. I'm going to ask you, if you will, to get a guide. You can download it online. You can get them in person at our campuses. It's a tool. I still have that tool from Prepares Past uh, where I've written prayer requests. It has scriptures. You're like, I'm not really that good of a prayer. Well, anytime you pray the word of God, you're praying the will of God. So we've listed under all these topics, verses where you have need, you can pray the word of God. You can put some prayer requests. We've put in there some of the things we're praying for as a spiritual family together. So we've put that guide together to be a tool for you. Maybe you put it right there at your workplace and you know, you're trying to solve that problem and you have a hunger pain and it's a little break time where you used to go to the snack machine and you just kind of pick that guide up and you connect with God. What if? What if you did that? I'm going to ask you to come to pre-service prayer. Pre-service prayer, whether online or in all these different venues. Because see, we're not just not eating. This is not a hunger strike. This is not a bunch of religious activity where we're praying, we're seeking God, we're asking God to come into our lives, we're confessing our dependency upon him, we're looking to him and none other because he is God and he's on the throne and he's all powerful and he's capable and he's able to do exceedingly abundantly. So we want to connect with him, we want to pray. I want to encourage you with that. It'll help your prayer life when you pray with believers, when you pray together, there's something that happens where two or three are gathered, there I am in their midst. There's something about the manifest presence of God when we pray together as his church. So I'm going to encourage you to come. And every one of the venues are going to have settings of pre-service prayer. And we're going to pray online. And here's what happens with prepare. Some of you are new. You're like, Pastor, you seem so excited about it. Well, look, I'm not speaking from theory. 
I, I'm not, this, you know, sometimes you're speculating towards something. I believe if you did this, God will do something. No, no, see, I have a multiple decade history and I've seen God do it. It's, it's an accelerant. Did you know most things in the kingdom of God we're going to learn this year are step by step. It's process by process. It's being faithful along the way. And that truly is part of the way you grow in God. But did you know in the book of Acts, there's a word called suddenly. It's kind of like a word like shortcut. We, we can't take shortcuts to grow long term. I'll talk to you about that in a minute. But I will say prepares like a life hack. It's like a app that helps you get somewhere and order something and do something quicker. It's a, it's a bit of a shortcut. It's like when people are in my way and I'm trying to get through the red light, I've been known to whip through a gas station. You know what I'm saying? And just kind of cut everybody off. Prepares an accelerant. I went away with my kids. We rented a condo. They loved to ski. We spent a week together between the Christmas break after all our 19 services. And this place that we rented, we showed up. It had a real fireplace. Now, I don't know if you, any of you parents have had this epiphany moment, but as my kids get older, I realize there are things that I know that I did not teach them. You're like, really, you don't know how to do that? Like, you really don't know that's the battery? That, that's, that's the battery in the car. That's the radiator, you know? You know, you, you, don't, you don't know. And I, I, I had to know when I was your age, and now I don't have to know because I can get someone to fix it, but you're still poor. So you need to learn. But I realize there's all this stuff that I don't know if I've told them how to do it. And this fire was the thing. They got excited. They just start throwing logs in the fireplace. I'm putting stuff up in the bags. I come in and my kids are gathered around this place and they're throwing all these logs in there and they're grabbing paper towels from the kitchen. And my son's looking for some kind of lighter fluid to throw up in there. And I'm like, whoa, 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 everybody, hold on just a minute. I realize I haven't taught you about how this works. I looked over in the box over there, and there was some kindling, but I'm like, guys, that's not regular kindling. I grew up in East Texas in the Piney Woods. I grew up around trees. Here we have bushes on steroids. <laughs> so there's a thing called rich pine. And that rich pine so powerful, you can light it with a match. And I said, here's a couple of things you're missing. Number one, you're missing, you're just piling all this in there. To get a fire started, you got to have a little oxygen. you got to let something breathe just a little bit. Then you take that kindling and you kind of make it and you make a little TP deal kind of there. Put you a little something and you get that fire going. Here's what we're going to do over the next few days. I, I know you want a different year. I know you've started throwing, I hope my marriage, I hope my kids, I hope that kid that needs help, I hope my finances, I hope the economy. Look, let me tell you what I can't predict. The stock market, the economy, the craziness of people, what's going to happen. What I can tell you this is if you'll listen to God and get wisdom on what he has for you this year, that's one step in the process. But we're going to let it breathe the next few days. We're going to let the oxygen and the breath of God's spirit breathe on this stuff we've stacked up. And prepare is the rich pine. It's the light it with a match. Catch it on fire. Once again, it's not theory. We hear stories all the time. I wish I could tell you all the stories of all the people. Like we try to tell them all to you, but we look throughout the year and it points back to these next few days a lot of times. I think about 
uh, Sonia and Justin. Sonia put in a prayer request for her marriage, common prayer request. She knew there was trouble. She prayed at prepare, and in February, Justin went through depression and some challenges and left her. But she continued what she lit on fire at prepare and kept praying. She had a small group leader that understood the need for that, Samara. Samara is a converted Muslim who came to Christ. Now her whole family who are Muslim, they now attend Milestone and have all been saved. They understand the need for kind of having people to walk with you along the way. So Samara, when the pandemic hit, didn't stop reaching out to her. She said, let's meet over Zoom. And in the middle of a Zoom prayer time, when I was preaching on reconciliation that weekend, Justin tuned in to that message and he was reconciled with his wife. And now this prepare, they're excited to look ahead at the other stuff God wants to catch on fire besides their marriage. And they got a new baby on the way. And God moves in these moments. He does amazing things. Every single year I hear testimony after testimony. I want to give you as I kick off our Prepare 2021, we have some incredible speakers coming. Dr. Tony Evans is probably one of the greatest preachers of our generation. He'll be here Monday night. Rick Bezet is a great friend of mine. Campus is all over the state of Arkansas, 20-something thousand people. He's a great communicator. God's going to meet us. Sean Nepstead, you want to come. You want to participate. You want to live stream. You want to participate in all of this. But I don't come just as a speaker, and this is not just a message. See, even for me, prepare is not a conference. It's a family lighting stuff on fire. It's a family gathered together to pray. And so as your pastor, I've been praying for you. And I've been praying about this year for you. And I'm praying diligently because I believe it's a critical year and I believe it's a critical time. And I've been, over the last several years, giving us a word sort of to focus on, to help guide us. It guides us as a staff. It guides us as a leadership team. It guides kind of what we do throughout the year. And we've had words like equipped and supply and preparation and different words that God has given us. And this year, as I prayed for us, the word that God just continually kept speaking to me that I believe we've actually been living over even the last several months and coming into this year is the word grow. The word grow. I just began to think, you know, there's a lot that I can't control and a lot I can't predict. And in fact, on Tuesday, we will have 500 Christian leaders and churches and pastors here on campus. You know, we've kind of gotten good at you know, having bad news. I thought I would come in after the break and then this little thing we've had for years where we encourage the church because we don't believe that the local church just milestone is the hope of the world. We believe the church is God's plan. So we're always encouraging pastors and churches. I thought I would come in and they would say, well, most of the crowd's not coming, but they're coming. You know why? Because pastors and churches and people are looking for help. They're looking for answers. They're looking for what to do. And I'll stand on this stage at nine o'clock on Tuesday morning and I will say to pastors, quit hyper-focusing on that which you are not gonna stand before Jesus and be responsible for. Quit hyper-focusing on that which you cannot control. Quit hyper-focusing and trying to predict on stuff you can't predict and most of the people doing most of the predicting are predicting wrong. 
What you'll stand before God one day, and I will, and this is my heart for you. So I'll stand before God and he'll say, did you equip my people? Did you grow my people? Did you help set an atmosphere for them to grow spiritually? Because it may sound trivial, it may sound simple to you, but I'm gonna show you that it's very profound and very powerful. If you grow spiritually in 2021, no matter what you face, you will have a good year. You will have a great year. You will have a year that God has planned for you. I'm gonna ask if you have your Bibles to turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter two. We're gonna look at verse 21. Started thinking about grow, thinking about all across the Bible, the exhortation of what God desires in our, in our lives. See, the very beginning of the Bible starts with God's growth plan, his plan for us to be fruitful and multiply. So God has set in motion this world in which the potential for growth is possible. But the cool thing about growth is, is that there's this part that's outside of us that we can't fix ourselves and God does the growing, but we get a chance to participate in it. I thought about a story that I learned as a young kid and just started digging in it again. I don't know if you ever do that. That's what's so amazing about the word of God is it's living and active and you kind of know the story, but when you dig in the story, it's always so rich thought about this story that I use when we have baby dedication. We have lots of baby dedications at Milestone because you guys got that fruitful and multiply thing down real, 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 real good. So we'll just have a bunch of families and a bunch of babies up here and I'll tell the story of Hannah who couldn't have a baby. She was barren. In fact, it's a story that if you understand in her time period, it was really a label of a curse, a a, a terrible stigma. She couldn't have a baby. And she actually had a rival. I I think this is interesting. She had a rival who was mocking her in her hour of challenge. Something our culture needs to understand is, look, if you spend less time worrying about what your rival or your mocker is saying and more time depending on God and doing what God's asking you to do, your life would be a lot better. She didn't worry about what the rival said. She didn't worry about what the mocker said. She went to God. She went to God, you know why? Because God's the one who can change barrenness. God's the one who can fill the womb. So she went to him, she sought him, and she had a son. His name was Samuel. Shema El. El means God. God hears. His very name signifies that her prayers didn't just go out into the abyss, but God hears the prayers. So she had this son named Samuel. She and the family took Samuel to the tabernacle, to the place of worship where Eli, the priest, was there. In our last few moments here together, I want to spend some time talking about people who grow and people who don't. There's a contrast between the two, and I want to tell you practically how to do it and be in the category of people who do grow. You see, this story contrasts that. This story contrasts it because Hannah didn't look at her rival. Hannah looked to God. She was transformed. Her rival's never mentioned in the story anymore. Samuel, God hears, comes before Eli. The family comes. They worship. They celebrate. She dedicates him to the Lord's service. He kind of dresses like the priest, acts like the priest, grows up in that atmosphere, and he grows. In fact, it tells us here in verse 21, and the Lord was gracious to Hannah. She gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, the boy grew up in the presence of the Lord. 
If you know the story, Eli had sons. His sons had the opportunity to grow up in the presence of the Lord, but the adopted son Samuel, because of his heart, his desire, and his mom's dependency on God, grew up in the presence of the Lord. Eli's sons were wicked and had a different lot. The Bible's contrasting those who grow and those who don't. In fact, it even says on down in verse 26, the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature. Now, I know you're first off saying, well, the Bible's just saying the kid grew up. Well, yeah, he got hair on his legs. His voice cracked at some point. But it doesn't just say he grew up in terms of his own stature and he developed biceps. It says he grew in favor with the Lord and with people. That's a different kind of growth. And by the way, those are connected. Why do I want you to grow this year? It'll affect your practical life as well, favor with people. By the way, anytime you find someone who's always struggling in favor with people, usually it's because they stop growing in favor with God. Because when you grow in favor with God, you grow in humility towards your brothers and sisters in Christ and people around you. The two are connected. It says here, Samuel was growing in both. And I was reading that and I thought, man, that verse sounds familiar. You know, the Bible interprets the Bible. I thought, wow, that sounds so familiar. Some of you have already got there. Some of you are already thinking, Luke 2.52, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Isn't that amazing? That's a mind-blowing verse. The Son of God, God himself, the Word became flesh, carrying the presence of God in his humanity, grew in wisdom, grew in the faithfulness in his Father's business, Grew in the faithfulness of later in John, we see that he wanted to please his father. So he grew. I love the fact that we don't serve a statue or some deity, but we serve Jesus who was showing us and modeling for us, even though he was God in his humanity, the potential we all have to grow. He grew in favor with his father and he grew in favor with people. It says here over in chapter three, the Lord was with Samuel, and as he grew up, let, he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. See, he was growing in those moments there when no one was looking. He was growing in the presence of God, following Eli, the priest around. He was doing that in preparation for, did you know, one day he would anoint the king of Israel. Did you ever think about the fact that what you're growing in today is preparation for the assignment you have tomorrow? That if you nullify the growth today, you're not ready for the assignment that God may have for you tomorrow. I want to give you a theme verse that I believe God has for us for this year because as exciting as it is, as powerful it is to think about Samuel and of course Jesus, the book of Colossians shows us that Samuel was growing toward Christ, we actually have a greater benefit. You're like, well, if I could hang out with a priest in the Old Testament, no, 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 no. You are a priest when you receive Christ. You can speak to God and for God, and Samuel was growing toward Christ. We have the opportunity to grow in Christ. Colossians 2, six through seven says, and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, by the way, you don't grow till you accept Jesus. Because this isn't external works, it happens from the inside out. When you surrender to Jesus, your growth process begins to start. The Bible says you actually are born again, you become a baby in Christ who now starts to grow. You must continue now to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will 
grow strong. See, if we were to put our roots into what Jesus is saying, who Jesus is, put our roots into that stable ground of the Bible and the cross of Jesus Christ, we grow. If we were to just do it at the percentage, at some level of the percentage, we put our roots into everything else. We put it down into Christ. We start to grow. Your faith starts to grow strong in the truth you were taught, and then you overflow with thankfulness. Don't you just love life-giving people? Anybody. Don't you just love thankful people? Don't you just love stable people? After the year we've had, do you love a stable person? Maybe y'all online, these people are asleep. Um, man, I like a stable friend. I got stable friends in my life. Boy, it's so good when the world around you, you're like, ah. Thank God I got a stable friend. Thank God I got a friend that I know where they're going to stand. They ain't going crazy over something they read on Facebook. They'll help me stay grounded. You know what stable people are? They're not perfect people. They're not dumb people. They're growing people. They're people that are not stalled out in the confusion of the present because they're growing towards Christ and in Christ because Christ is consuming their lives. Those are stable people. And my word for you this year and my desire for you is that you would grow. Now, not everyone grows. You know, the thing about growth is, is you have to have a little bit of an environment. And that's what we want to create this year. Back to those trees that I grew up around. We had pine trees. We had oak trees. You could go into Cypress uh, creek bottom where my dad and I hunted together. You could walk in those before. And, and before they started cutting timber in, in all over the country as timber became great, man, there, was, there were decades old trees. And, and you think about how did this tree get so big? Well, it started small. It just, it, it didn't have to work to grow. It just needed the right environment. It just needed to be put in an environment. And I believe this. I believe most people want to grow, see their need to grow, are not satisfied with what results they're getting today. They want to inside, just no one's told them how or created an environment for it to happen. All you need is that environment. And if there's conducive water and conducive soil, that tree starts to grow. So there's environment, but did you know there's evidence of growth? The deal with the evidence, though, is you have to cut that tree, and you go back, and they started cutting trees in my hometown and area, and they were selling timber, and you could walk around, and you look at that tree, and you could see the rings, and those rings could tell a story. Did you know that? I'm going to ask you a question. Over the last year, two years, 18 months, have the rings of your growth gotten real close together because you haven't prioritized the right things? Have you gotten a little off track at looking at the wrong stuff and hadn't received the moisture you need to grow? Here's my desire for you is that when you look back on 2021, there's a big gap. That there's been something altered in the way you adjusted your focus and you like Samuel and you like Jesus and you like Colossians exhorts us, there's a wider gap in that tree because you're growing. And as you begin to grow, you desire to grow. And I want to give you the difference between people who grow and people who don't because not everybody grows. Eli's sons didn't grow, Samuel did. 
Eli's sons had the opportunity to grow, but only Samuel did grow. What's the difference in the two? Well, number one, people who don't grow are people who live by a motto, I've arrived. I've gotten to that place. You know, it's like I've heard that Bible verse. I've sung that song. Haven't y'all sung that song 500 times? Well, it's not about how long the song has been sung or how many times you've heard it. The question is, where's your heart? It's like, oh, okay, wait. It's just like if it becomes routine, I've arrived People who have an I've arrived mindset stop growing. Back to stability. A tree that grows stays stable, but the problem is in life and in spiritual growth, there's no such thing as neutral. When you stop growing, you start dying and then the tree becomes unstable. I've been amazed as a pastor at the people who have become unstable in this last year. I'm amazed at the people who are just kind of numb and I'm I'm actually pushing against the numbness of our population because if you let yourself stay numb long enough, you stop growing. You stop growing. It's like, wake up. Wake up. Because if you stop growing, the tree starts dying. I've arrived, people don't grow. People with a growth mindset say, I want to grow. They're curious, they're hungry. They're not perfect, they just keep on growing. There's other people looking for a shortcut. Now I said prepare is kind of a little shortcut, but in the kingdom of God, there's really not a lot of shortcuts. I'll say this to every young person. Let me say it to every person. I'm amazed. 25 years of pastoring, I'm amazed at the number of people I visit with that are enamored with being successful without the tools of what it takes to be successful. Jesus' version of success is be faithful with the little. It's day by day, hour by hour. It's not flashy. It's not cute. It's not Instagram famous. It's God's pattern is you grow as you go. You just keep showing up. You just keep putting in the intentional effort to connect with God. You just keep on growing. I'm looking for a shortcut. My wife over the break got an Instapot. She got an Instapot because some friends had an Instapot. I'm like, what's an Instapot? Never seen one before. I've figured out what it is. It is this, this thing you throw food in and it cooks it real fast. I called it a neti pot. She said, no, that's what you drain your side. Anyway, that's gross. But anyway, neti pot's gross. Instapot, cook you something. You can cook a roast in like 45 minutes. It takes like an hour. We've used it. We've eaten out of it every single day since she got it. We don't know what goes in it, but something comes out of it, and it goes real fast. And so you just kind of have different genres. You know, it's like an Italian Instapot and then a Mexican Instapot, and a, my dad called it goulash, you know, parts is parts. We just throw it in there and pull it out and put some hot sauce on it, and it's just, you know, powerful. The kingdom of God, though, is not an Instapot. It's still the old crock pot. It's on low, and you just keep cooking it and cooking it and cooking it and staying faithful and walking with God. Here's a person I've been ministering to recently is I've tried, it, I've tried that religious activity. Some of the hardest people to jumpstart to get to grow are people who had a season of growth but right now their tree rings are real short because they're hung up in the offense of yesterday. They're hung up in some religious experience that they participated in that had no life in it. 
So I've been talking to this guy who says, well, I'm a kind of an agnostic and I tried church. And what he's really saying is I tried it, it didn't work. People who grow, though, are fully submitted to God's way of growing. It's not religious activity. It's not more Bible reading plan. It's the life of God, the heart that you have to fully submit to what God says, and the heart by which you do it affects your growth as much as what you do. It's a totally different deal with God. It's an inside-out work. I can tell you, here's the big one in our area. I can tell you what's important in life. In the book I wrote several years ago called It's Worth It That Journeys Our Story, I have a section in there called Aspirational Values Versus Actual Values. In our culture, in our world here, I mean, this is a big one. I can tell you what's important in life. I, I can tell you that I want my kids to share my faith. I want my children to walk with God. Now I'm going to go from preaching to meddling. Then why don't you have them in church? Why don't you have those little sapling trees around the word of God so that they can get the right conducive soil to grow up in Jesus? Let me ask you that question. Because we have a big gap between I care about my marriage, but I spend all my time on my hobbies. I know that if I don't grow spiritually, this is the tragedy of 2020. And I'm not talking about in person or online. I'm not talking about mask or no mask. Get over it. I'm talking about many people lost their faith. And they began to get absorbed into some things that are fun for a little while, but cannot produce a big, wide growth ring. I actually, here's how growth people are. I'm actually going to prioritize and invest in the things that produce what I say I value. If I say this is important to me, then I'm going to align my life to invest in those things appropriately. Those are the people that grow. Prepare, why am I passionate about it? Well, we'll be 19 years old as a church this year in October. What was happening 19, 20 years ago, Pastor Jeff, in your life? Well, I was doing this. I, I, was, I was doing this. In fact, we were still praying on Friday nights at a little, uh, a little church and trophy club was letting us use their older building. And we were praying from 10 o'clock to 3 in the morning. People would drop all the kids off at my house and and, 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 and they would eat the paints off the wall. You know what I mean? It was just like we just prayed there was still a house standing when we got through praying. Y'all know what I'm saying? But I, we hadn't had our prepare because we were still getting started. And I was preaching at another church in this very setting. I preached a message about the power of a small breakthrough, not a big breakthrough, a seed breakthrough. But it was in that that I was writing on my prayer card, God, give us a few thousand dollars to rent us somewhere to have church, these people that are praying. God, give us a sound system. God, would you heal my wife who's struggling with arthritis every single day and it's hindering her ability to do what you've called her to do. And it was in that setting, just like we're in right here. No one was looking. No one saw. I... And my wife, which God did heal her in one of those meetings, we were planting the seeds of a tree we all are under the fruit of today. 
Can I ask you this question right now? What are the seeds you might plant this week that 20 years from now others will enjoy the fruit of? So this is not theory to me. Oh, the needs are different. The prayer requests are different. But the same thing this week I'm going to do is come before God and say, God, here's, here's some things I'm struggling with. Here's some things I don't understand. Here's some help I need from you. I'm reminding myself that it's not by powerful persuasion of personality or strength of ability. It's you. Which brings me to my final two things because I want to give you, you go, how do people that consistently grow, what do they actually do? What do they actually do? Well, the first thing is they consistently prioritize being in God's presence. They just, they understand that there's an acceleration, that there's a lighting of the fire. You can have the greatest fireplace with no fire and nothing's going to happen. I, I actually heard that acceleration fire, that it's not rich pine, actually it's dryer lint. And on these survivor shows, they take dryer lint. I thought, well, I don't have to pack that. I have some at my belly button. You know what I'm saying? I'll use that. That's real life, y'all. Let me tell you something, God's presence, when you get in it, it'll make you hungry. It'll make you hungry for more of him. It'll begin to burn up the things in your life that need to be burned up and accelerate the things that God's into. I've had four children. My wife has birthed four children. I've been there for four children's birth. Always got to be careful, give the credit where credit is due. Y'all know what I'm saying. After this message, that'll be adjusted in the, in the testimony. But I had to teach them not to lie, not to bite, not to fight, not to steal. But one thing I never had to teach them to do is to be hungry. Usually right about when you get in REM sleep, come on, everybody. If they're hungry, the whole house is going to know it. You don't have to teach a baby. If everything's working right, they get hungry all by themselves. And I want to say this. There's a problem if a Christian follower of Jesus Christ is not hungry. Because there's something inside of you when you're born again that begins to hunger and thirst for God's presence. And what happens is every time you come into his presence, I don't have time to teach you all the passages, you begin to hunger for the pure nourishment and the milk of the word and you grow thereby. It's what happens. And so we're gonna get in God's presence and God's presence is the game changer. Like I said, the story after story after story, I love the one recently we told about Jay. Don't you love Jay's story? He said, I was an agnostic. Never went to church. My girlfriend brought me to prepare. Nothing like bringing a guy who's never been there right on into the major leagues. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's like, wow, whoa, okay, all right. Y'all are fasting. He's an agnostic. I don't know what to do with that theologically. Can agnostics be fast? I mean, I don't, I guess it's fine. We can't even get believers to fast. Now we got agnostics fasting. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And he's just like, okay. He doesn't even know the terminology. He goes, the second night, I'm hungry, and I can't get in the main hall like we're having a Shriners convention or something. But in that video venue, the presence of God is not limited. And that agnostic gave his heart and life to Jesus Christ, and we baptized him in December. The power of God's presence. Bring it into your home. Bring it into your business. Bring it into your life. But the second thing is there's an intentionality of walking in God's purpose. And I've never done this in 25 years. 
I just believe desperate times require desperate measures. And as I begin to pray for you this week and I'm inspiring you to grow, I'm actually going to tell you that there's a plan available for you to grow. I've never laid out, here's what we're going to do the next several weeks, but I'm going to do that for you so that you know that I'm not much on just a bunch of hyper talk. I'm into also making it practical for you to actually have the opportunity to grow. Because remember, I believe most people want to win and most people want to grow. Most people don't know what to do. So what we're going to start with is prepare, getting in God's presence, accelerating, catching everything on fire, getting the motivation to actually sustain that which we plan. The second thing we're going to do is seeds. I'm very excited about this series. As a pastor, you preach all kinds of things that you feel called by God to preach, but I've been wanting to preach this for over two years. Two, two years, a year and a half, I don't know the exact timeline, but for, for a while I've been wanting to preach this. And I'm telling you, it's going to meet us where we live in every area of our life. It's how the economy of God works. It's the beginning of Genesis starts with the tree and the revelation ends with the tree and the seeds are in the middle and it's a, a plan and a purpose of God. Most of the time when it's been taught, it's only talking about money. That's part of it, but you know the truth is it's about life. It's about how to be faithful with the little. If you want a different tomorrow, change what you're planting today. We're going to talk about that. Some of you, I'm going to encourage you to lead a group maybe. We're, going to, we're believing for 500 groups where we can share this message of hope of you can plant something different in your life to receive different results. I'm going to encourage you to be a part of it. Grow in your family. There's one thing we've learned in 2020 is I've preached a family series all but last year, almost every year of our church. Not enough. Not enough. We say we care about it, but we don't know what to do. Families are hurting. And I want you to grow in your family. I want to talk to you about parenting and grandchildren and family and marriage and God's word has hope for us in it. I want us to grow in the Holy Spirit this year. June, we're going to focus on that. Now, I know how you're wired. I know our culture here. I appreciate a good spreadsheet. I appreciate a good analysis. Yeah, most all of you have analyzed financial predictions for 2021. Come on, where does, what's going to happen? I appreciate analysis. You don't have to get a lobotomy to serve Jesus. But I'm going to tell you, the, the, the area where we miss it in our world here is you can't figure your way out of this. God showed us in 2020, you'll never be stronger than me. You will never be God. And he left his Holy Spirit here to empower us to live the life he's called us to live. And this book is a supernatural book. I don't know if you know that or not. There's like dead people come back to life in here. Fish swallow people. You read along in here, you'd be like, ha! We're not a part of a cerebral religion. We are a part of a dynamic supernatural relationship through the person of the Holy Spirit. I want to help you in July grow in your purpose. But here's what I want to do for us to kick off. Again, I want you to fast. I want you to get a guide. I want you to attend pre-service prayer. But I'm going to invite our worship team to come out. And here in these final moments, I want to offer you a gift for a minute. We're running around. We're busy. It's only going to take a few more moments. But I want us just to bow our heads, whether you're watching online. And I want us to start 2021, but I want us to start prepare 2021 right here in this moment. I want all of us to participate just with your heads bowed. 
Maybe you just might open your hands and lay them on your lap as a sign of, I'm not gripping 2021. I'm surrendering my way into it. I don't have time to teach you about a word like consecration. I wish I had more time. But anytime you're stepping into a significant moment, there's a a holy moment that precedes the practical moments and that's where you consecrate yourself unto God. And, and, And we're not just gonna not eat. We're not just gonna like get guides and do these prayer services. We're not just doing stuff. I'm gonna ask you, even in your own words, to say to God, God, I I surrender to you right where you are. Just a moment with him. He knows where you're at. He knows where you've been. He knows if you've been numb. He knows if you've been afraid. He knows if you're angry. He knows if you've off focus. He knows and he loves you. And he's always there saying, come on back to me. Come on back to me. So Lord, we right now with open hands and open hearts, we surrender this year to you, but even the next few days, Lord, we surrender our hearts to you. We we surrender this fast to you. We we surrender these meetings, like whatever, whatever it is over the next few days, Lord, we need you. We proclaim our dependency upon you. Touch us, Lord. Ignite our hearts where there's cold and numb hearts. Set them aflame with passion for you. We give it to you, Lord. We ask you to meet us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.